Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for May 11th, 2020. It's the birthday of Spanish surrealist icon Salvador Dali. Dolly began his life on May 11, 1904, the second-born son of the Dolly family. Dolly's father was a notary, a position of political and social power. As a child, Dolly feared his father, who was known for his bad temper, and took refuge in the comfort and kindness of his mother. At the age of four, the young Dali began his formal education at the public school in Figueres, but spent most of his time daydreaming instead of studying. Displeased with Dali's progress, his father transferred him to a private school where all of his classes were taught in French. And although Dali spoke Catalan at home and was also learning Spanish, French was to become the language that he used as an artist. Dali spent his summer months with his family in the seaside town of Cadaqués, making paintings and drawings of his family and the picturesque coastline, and studying paintings with a family friend, Ramon Pichot, an artist who painted mostly in the style of the Impressionists, but also experimented with some styles of the Catalan avant-garde. Pichot, who lived in Paris and was friends with other artists including Pablo Picasso, was a mentor to Dali throughout his youth, and was eventually successful in persuading Dali's reluctant father to allow his son to apply for admission at the San Fernando Academy of Art in Madrid. There, he developed close relationships with several of his fellow students, including Federico García Lorca and Luis Buñuel, with whom he would later collaborate. Dali experimented with several avant-garde painting styles, primarily Cubism, Futurism, and Purism, and began showing his work in galleries in Barcelona and Madrid. Experiencing success in the Spanish art world, Dali felt unchallenged by his instructors at the Academy, and his urge to question the authority of the Academy and to encourage his peers to do the same led to disciplinary actions and his eventual dismissal in 1926, which prompted Dali's return to Figueres, devoting himself to painting. Dali continued to exhibit with the Catalan avant-garde, but his works displayed an increasingly disturbing imagery of mutilation and decay. Even the Catalan art community became more and more horrified by his graphic depictions, and as a result, galleries in Madrid and Barcelona began to exclude Dali from their exhibitions. But Dali's fait accompli came in 1929, when Dali partnered with his friend Luis Buñuel to create a short avant-garde film entitled Un Chien Andalou, consisting of a series of short scenes of unexplained violence and rotting corpses, and the widespread acclaim for the film among the European avant-garde elevated the two to international fame. The new prince of the surrealist movement, Dali was surrounded by artists who accepted his outlandish behavior and celebrated the bizarre imagery in his art. Like the Surrealists, Dali found artistic inspiration in Sigmund Freud's psychoanalytic studies. However, he did not embrace the communist social and political ideals of the movement, preferring to be apolitical. Many of Freud's publications began to appear in Spanish translations in the 1920s, which Dali read voraciously. 
he became increasingly obsessed with psychoanalysis and paranoia, seeking ways to include these concepts in his art, leading to his development of the paranoia critical method and his introduction of surrealist objects. Dali's relationship with members of the surrealist movement, particularly with the group's leader and founder, André Breton, was strained through the 1930s, with Dali's self-promotion and unwillingness to conform to the attitudes of the surrealist agenda, which created increasing disruption within the group. Though he continued to participate in surrealist exhibitions and attract a great deal of attention to the movement, his affiliation with the surrealist movement was more the result of shared interests than any genuine unity with the group. And Breton became more openly critical of Dali's growing celebrity and commercialism, eventually dubbing him with the anagrammatic nickname Avida Dollars. By 1939, the rupture was absolute, and Dali broke from the Surrealists, marking the end of his affiliation with any artistic group or movement. Through the rest of his life, Dali remained independent as an artist, working in his own style and exploring his own introspective and paranoid avenues. In 1940, with war on the horizon and the Nazis prepared to invade France, Dali and his wife Gala fled to the United States in self-imposed exile, as did many other artists during the Second World War. Dali was well known by the American public and collectors as well, and his works were quickly exhibited in important galleries in New York, as well as the Museum of Modern Art in New York City and the Philadelphia Museum of Art as well. After the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Dali became fascinated with the power of the atom and the advances of modern science, particularly in physics, and he sought ways to incorporate these elements into his art. At this same time, Dali's artistic style also became more focused and deliberate in its borrowing from the classical style of the Italian Renaissance. His renewed classicism and new scientific interests began a period of painting in a style he described as nuclear mysticism, combining mystical and scientific iconography to express what Dali saw as a unity between the two that was proof of a divine power. In the final decades of his life, Dali painted less and less. He remained an international celebrity with major exhibitions of his work in cities around the world. And before his death on January 23rd of 1989, Dali witnessed the inauguration of two museums dedicated to exhibiting his art, the Salvador Dali Museum in Cleveland, Ohio, and his own Teatro Museo in Figueres, where he's buried. The most interesting and revealing book on Dali is his autobiography, The Secret Life of Salvador Dali, where he chronicles everything from his split from Bunuel to his father's role in Dali's bizarre and difficult relationship with sex, his open marriage, and the weekly orgies hosted by him and his wife. The weather's heating up, so if you're looking for some summer reading, The Secret Life of Salvador Dali just might be the ticket. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.